You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Looking back on it, would I have still opened my own business in five years? I'm not for sure because I would have been comfortable, you know, just working, you know, for somebody else doing, just doing what I love. But because I was forced to go in my own lane and create my own doors, um, I, I'm here, you know, I am where I am today. Um, so I was forced to do that. Yes, I believe it was in me, but until it was forced upon me to do, you know, I'm not for sure if I would have done it. But when you're forced to do something, you know, you're you're forced to, you know, rise to the occasion. Many people define stagnation as not producing or being at a standstill. I get it. However, I would like to add a little weight to the definition and say that I may be producing. I may be moving. However, my production and my movements are disrespectful to the purpose that's inside of me, to the greatness that's inside of me. If that's going on, that's stagnation as well. And that's OK. Guess why? Because I have developed a tool. I wrote a book called From Stagnation to Transformation. And that book was written specifically for individuals that feel stuck, that feel lost, that feel like they're just wandering in the wilderness, that feel like they just I need something is just missing. It's okay. I want you to head over to www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. There you're going to find a complimentary portion of the book. That's right. A complimentary portion of the book. I want you to read that portion. After that, it's going to ignite such a fire inside of you that you're going to want to purchase the your personal copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to do that as well. Why? Because I believe that it'll give you a 21 day jump start to fulfilling or re-identifying purpose in whatever core area you find yourself stagnant in. So again, visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the What Now podcast where we discuss ways of effectively addressing life's most difficult moments.
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the What Now Podcast. That's right. The What Now Podcast, where we discuss effective ways of facing life's most defining moments. My name is Clifton Petty John. I am your trusted voice of transformation. I teach individuals how to revolutionize their lives through purpose identification and execution. We are back tonight. Well, maybe not tonight. I don't know when you're listening to this recording, but we are back with another awesome episode of the What Now podcast. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel or you have not subscribed to your favorite platform for podcasting, I need you to do that right now. Pause this video. Pause this audio right now and make sure you are subscribed, okay? Then I want to hear some feedback from you. I want you, if you're listening through Apple, leave us a star rating. You can be honest about your star rating. Leave us a review. If you're listening through YouTube, make sure you write a little comment in the comment section, all right? I love hearing back from each and every one of you. Now, before we get to our guests, I want everyone to take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. One more time. Breathe in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now, if you are able to complete that exercise, then that means two things. Number one, it means that there is breath remaining in your body. Therefore, purpose yet remains. And then number two, it means that you have gathered the energy that you have devoted to your past. You've gathered gathered the energy that you are dedicating to your future. And you are bringing all of that energy into the energy of the present. And now, because you are present, you're going to be able to take away some tools, techniques, and strategies that are going to help you now produce the future that you desire. All right, listen, I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. All right, everybody, help me welcome Terrence to the show. Terrence, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. We want to thank you for joining us on tonight. Thank you in advance for your willingness to share with our listening audience. Now, I like to start every conversation with an icebreaker question. And a lot of times I use my favorite icebreaker question. I'm going to use that one on tonight. All right. If you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? (laughs) <laughs> what superpower wow uh, wow hmm. yeah that's that's a that's a tough one <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one uh gosh I think I'll say super strength. Okay. And and I I think that the reason I'm saying that because I watched my mom and my dad how they worked. Um and just having the strength that they had to get up and even though I do feel like I've I've taken from them the work ethic and stuff like that, but I, I would probably say super strength. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Now here's why I asked that question. 
I ask that question because many times individuals answer that question in two ways. They either answer the question based off of what it is that they do in life, Mm -hmm. or they answer it based off of some of the most influential experiences they've had in life. So I always like to start with that question because 99.99999 percent of the time that's what happens and you did that today you talked about it from the standpoint of what was so influential in your life as it relates to having that supernatural strength and i promise you i'm I'm very sure that throughout the conversation we're going to see times in your life where you displayed that supernatural strength to others as well All right, so let's get started. I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, the name of our show is What Now? We like to deal with the present, but I also like to hear everybody's backstory because I believe each and every one of our listeners can connect in some manner with the guests that that we bring on the show. Sometimes we see the presentation and the presentation looks beautiful. It looks awesome. It looks amazing. But behind that presentation is such a powerful story that sometimes doesn't look as good as the presentation. And we have people that are sometimes in that space in their lives. And I like for them to hear that not only is there hope, but there's a reality for them that they can embrace, grab hold of, and now begin to execute on a day-to-day basis. So I just want you to share with us some of your backstory and how you got to where you are today. Okay. I appreciate you asking that question. So I began my journey um, going back to high school and I didn't really know what I wanted to do after uh, high school. So I began um, searching and searching. So in, in, in my English 12th grade English class, we had a recruiter come from a school. And the recruiter began to tell us about their programs they had. And she began to write different um, courses um, or career paths that they offered at their school. So one of their um, programs were was massage therapy. And the first thing that jumped out to me was, oh, my gosh, they make a lot of money. And so initially, you know, I was like, oh, I think I may want to do this, Um, not knowing that was the first trigger for me um, to, you know, wanting and knowing that was the path in my calling. So, you know, I went home, was like, you know, mom, dad, I really, you know, recruiter came and I think I want to do massage therapy, you know, as, you know, what I want to do, you know, with my life. And, you know, they, they said, okay, in the beginning. And so time went time went on, and then so the recruiter came out to you know meet with my parents and myself, and you know as the recruiter began to you know talk and began to share other programs, you know my parents you know looking back on it now they really didn't know what massage therapy was, and so they heard different programs and computer computers was one of the programs that they offered, so they kind of you know took that and said you know what we we believe that computers would be you know, better for you because they'll be around longer. So them being my parents, I just listened to them. And so I just followed what they said. And I went to school for graphic design graphic design and animation. I hated it. 
I didn't like it whatsoever. So um, still in my head, I went to school. I, I, I went through the motions of doing it. But like I said, I hated it. I didn't finish. And so about two years went by and um, I think I was one or two classes short. I didn't even finish because it, it really wasn't what I wanted to do. So uh, I came back home that was in Georgia and I came back home and I was like, I really still want to do massage. So I came back home in 2006 and this was right after Hurricane Katrina. So we were about four hours from the coast. Um, and of course, that's about an hour, four or five minutes or hour from New Orleans. And so at this point, this, this time, I found a school down on the coast, so I went down there. You know, I actually enrolled. Um, my dad and I drove down, and I actually enrolled in school. So afterwards, you know, it's like I need somewhere to stay. And so I began to look at different places, different apartments to find somewhere to stay. But every place that I found was either $800, $900, $1,000 for one bedroom. And, you know, I was like, I can't pay for this and go to school at the same time. So I actually had to withdraw from school. So that was my second time. And so I finally found a school three years later, um, closer to me. It was about an hour away from me in, in Tupelo, uh, Mississippi. But I found a school, went in and did my interview with the director, the owner of the school. And, you know, he began to ask me questions of why, you know, I felt like this was what I wanted to do. And, you know, I just answered, you know, had heartfelt answers. And, you know, it was something, like I said, way back in high school, I didn't know at the time. But again, I felt like this was my calling and it was my calling. And, you know, I proceeded to, you know, enroll in school. And, you know, I began in 2010 and graduated um, at the end of that year. And so my journey began as a massage therapist. But, you know, wanted to do something so bad, but then get to points where you feel you know, was it the right path for me? But this was different obstacles that would come up, you know, maybe not making the money at the time that I wanted to make, you know, having somebody close to you tell you, you know, well, since you're not making the money, go just, you know, just go get a regular job. And, you know, hearing those type of things, you know, somebody, you know, maybe, you know, being persuaded, you know, they would may have went and done that. But, you know, in my mind, I'm just like, no, I pay too much money to go to school. Um, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to stick it out. So in the beginning, it was it was kind of rough as, uh, as a massage therapist, but I, I just kept going. And so three years into massage therapy, I decided to go back for um, aesthetics, which is a skin skincare specialist who deal with um, skincare, whether that's... Um, uh, waxing and, and so forth, but I became a uh, esthetician as well. And so some of the hard times that I felt like I had as a massage therapist now became three to five times even worse after I became an esthetician, a male esthetician. Both of these fields are female dominated fields. And so here I am, this big black guy doing, you know, something that, you know, mostly females do. And so it became even harder to the point where I began to apply for jobs. In my mind, you know, I'm at the top of the list because now I have a dual license in massage and aesthetics where, you know, I'm a double threat. So you can hire me and I can do two things versus having to 
to hire two different people. So that was my mindset, but nobody would hire me. I applied, you know, down in the area where I was. I moved back home um, due to my mom being uh, sick. And so I came back home, applied another place here and there, and nobody would hire me. So my five-year goal was to have my own place, have my own spot because that's what I wanted. And I was forced to do that in four years versus five. Now, granted, looking back on it, would I have still opened my own business in five years? I'm not for sure because I would have been comfortable, you know, just working, you know, for somebody else doing, just doing what I love. But because I was forced to go in my own lane and create my own doors, um, I, I'm here, you know, I am where I am today. Um, so I was forced to do that. Yes, I believe it was in me, but until it was forced upon me to do, you know, I'm not for sure if I would have done it. But when you're forced to do something, you know, you're you're forced to, you know, rise to the occasion. That's what I had to do. Um, I had to take that leap of faith of deciding, especially after my mom passed three months after I moved back. Um, I moved back in September and um, she passed in December. So. You know, of course, all that time where I was preparing to open my own my own place, but when she passed, you know, I was just I felt a loss um, after her passing, and so I actually was going to move away. But I knew everything I wanted to offer offer to my community, to my area, it was not being offered. So therefore, you know, I took some time and I prayed, and and I I stayed, and here I am. Uh, this month makes six years. So six years later, um, I have accomplished a lot um, and I'm super proud of that. But, you know, there were many obstacles, many obstacles in the way. But knowing your calling and staying true to yourself um, is definitely something that, you know, you want to follow versus no matter what, what obstacle comes, what, you know, naysayers, even family members, people close to you say, um, when people don't see the vision that, you know, God gave you, you just have to keep going. Awesome. Awesome. And we're going to stay right in that vein because you hit a trigger for me. And, and one of the triggers you hit, one of the triggers that you hit, you hit a couple triggers. But one of the triggers you hit, and I want to stay right here for a moment, you were talking about obstacles. And one of the things that I've learned in life, and, and I've watched this with other people, and I've watched it with myself, you know, in the past as well, is that sometimes people view obstacles as a sign not to do it, or it's a sign, well, that's not what God wants me to do. Let's talk about obstacles for a minute. How did how do you personally understand that this is an obstacle i'm going to remain focused to my goal and i'm going to accomplish the goal that i set versus looking at an obstacle as a sign that i just don't need to be doing this yeah well you know i think it goes back to goals you know like i said i, I set a goal for five years and even though you know i was working towards that goal that obstacle came where, you know, this is either I could quit or I could keep going. 
So I talk about it in my book, um, Determination Plus Core Values equals, equals Success. And I fall back to my core values a lot because they are my foundation, which keeps me going. So anytime, anytime that I have met that obstacle, um, I just go back to those core values, which is faith, determin faith determination, compassion, and um, dedication. And so I fall back you know, on those to keep me going. So um, those obstacles for me, because it just seems as if, you know, in the beginning, I, I faced those, you know, in, you know, even just doing massage before I, I added the other license, um, there was always obstacles, always questions, you know, you know, did I go to school for this? And, and, you know, just so many different things that a lot of people would have been deterred from because, you know, that I'm just getting so much, you know, just so much negativity from this. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to go do something else or just go get a regular job. But for me, I feel like my core values for me kept me going. Um, something I, something else I like to talk to talk about, especially when COVID happened, um, and which, you know, helped me push and birth my book was my core values. So for me, you know, my core values keep me um, grounded and being my foundation um, so that when something is thrown, uh, a storm comes, the obstacle comes, I have that foundation to, to hold steady and keep going. Okay, now you're talking my language here. Okay. Now, how did you develop your core values? And if you can go through each value that you listed and explain what that value means to you, and then we're going to talk about your book. Okay. So, of course, I talk about it in my book, but my first one was is faith. And at four years old, and a lot of people ask, like, how do you remember this at four or five years old? But I, I remember, I, I maybe they were just huge to me, um, maybe almost trauma, but I remember. But at four, year, four years old, my mother and my mom and I was was headed to my babysitter. My mom, my mom was notorious for being late, and so my dad would get her get on her get on to her all the time. And and about being late, you know, you need to leave home early. You know, you got to go, you know, drop your son off. You got to go get to work on time. Blah, blah, blah. But she was always late. So this morning she was late and she was rushing. And so we were going down the road and a train was coming. And, you know, through the trees, you could see the, the train coming. And so she, excuse me, she felt like that she could beat the train. And long story short, you know, she did not beat the train, but by the time she made it to the interse intersection where the train was crossing, she turned the, reel, the wheel really hard. And so now the car is facing the opposite direction. So at four years old, I found faith in terms of knowing that God had something more for me to do as well as my mom. Um, they, he had more for us to do. The reason we did not get killed, um, you know, in that um, at that moment by um, being hit by a train. And so at four years old, faith became my first core values. And I talk about in the book how a lot of us um, have developed these core values at an early age, but we have not tapped into them. And then at five years old, um, still at my babysitter's house, but at this time, me not knowing at this age that 
I was being more active and she was getting older and she couldn't handle me the same way she could, you know, as years passed because she was getting older. And so I was taken from this particular babysitter, Miss Rosie was her name. And I didn't understand it at five years old. All I understood was I wanted Miss Rosie. Um, I wanted my chicken and dumplings because I love her chicken and dumplings. And so I was taken to a new babysitter. And so I didn't like her. I didn't like the environment. I didn't like her food. So at five years old, I was like, I need to get back to Miss Rosie. So this particular day, I think weeks passed and I was in my mind like, how can I get back? How can I get back? So this one particular day, she put me down for a nap and she thought I was sleeping. I wasn't, but I waited for her to, to lay down and take a nap. And so I ran away. I ran away from that particular babysitter house back to Miss Rosie. I actually took this um, journey when my first, my book first came out and I um, walked it. My sister and my dad went with me and it took us about 20, 25 minutes to between that place and going, you know, to the place that I went. But, you know, at five years old, you know, I wasn't thinking about being hit by a car. I wasn't thinking about um, getting kidnapped, any of that. But I was determined to get back to Miss Rosie's house, and I actually did. So I walked from the old baby's, the new babysitter house back to my old babysitter house, and she didn't know anything. She just felt like my mom maybe have, you know, was rushing again like she normally does. And she just dropped me off really quick and she left because when she came to the door, nobody was there but me. And so she let me in. She went and cooked my favorite chicken and dumpling. And so, but at this time, I didn't know, nor did she know that it was a search party out looking for me at five years old because I ran away. And um, so, you know, eventually they say, let me go look over here. And that's where I was. So at five years old, I developed, you know, determination. And as years went on, like I said, watching my parents, how they worked, and then watching how their compassion for others, you know, hey, can you do this for me? My dad had always worked multiple jobs to provide for his family. But he cut yards off and on. You know, he worked at Domino's. He worked on the railroad. But like I said, he was trying to provide, you know, um, a good life for his family and to, you know, to be a provider. And so I watched how, you know, somebody may ask, hey, can you cut my yard? You know, well, you know, I know I'm just going to do it for you. So sometimes he wouldn't charge people for that. So but I, I saw that, you know, as a young child. Um, I saw the things that my mom did, people asking for things, or she would donate to um, St. Jude or or different things, different organizations. So I saw that, too, um, growing up. So compassion I saw from my parents. And then dedication, you know, just being dedicated. You know, if it wasn't for my dedication, like I said, I, a lot of things that I have um, been able to accomplish, I wouldn't have um, done either because of my dedication. So. Uh, faith, dedication, determination, and um, compassion are my uh, four uh, core values. Awesome. And and what I love about it is I, my uh, identity strategist, he always says, Michael Weston, he always says that many times when we feel as if we are out of line, it can be traced back to us disassociating ourselves with our core values. That's why I was so 
excited that you brought that that whole concept up. Now, let's talk about your book. You you basically talk about this within your book. Can you give us the title of your book? Give us a brief description. I know you kind of gave us what was in it, but just a brief description of the book. Yes. So the name of the book is Determination Plus Core Values Equals Success. And basically, it is a workbook. It's not just a book you just sit down and read. It actually is an action. So you will read and go through, you know, different chapters and ask you questions, you know, to make it personal because I go through and I open up a lot. I open up, like I said, I talk about how, you know, at four years old, me and my mom almost died. At five years old, me running away. Um, You know, my journey, becoming a massage therapist, becoming an esthetician, the obstacles that I've had to face, the closed doors, me making my own doors, you know, helping others along the way. But it is a workbook. But it talks about things that, you know, it's been 10 years now that I've been in the industry. And, you know, over the years, questions people have asked me, things that I have went through. But basically, you know, it hit me during COVID, you know, it was something I had wanted to do for two or three years. And when COVID happened, you know, I was like, okay, now I really have the time. I'm not doing anything. I am more of a control person and I could not control anything during COVID. So I was like, you know, this is the, the time for me to do it. But initially, I was going to do an autobiography about my life. You know, from, you know, growing up until where I am now. But, you know, it, it hit me during COVID when uh, the different loans started coming out, the PPP, different grants become um, started being available for businesses. And I saw so many people struggling. So many people have to close because they didn't get anything. They couldn't get anything. And but a lot of it was was from a lot of people didn't have their business set up correctly. So, you know, I changed my whole, you know, mindset and book around because I wanted to produce something that would help um, those people that were, you know, thinking about opening the ones that are already open, even for the ones that have been, you know, this season that have been open 20 years. Um, But so it's something in my book for everybody. Again, if you are just now starting, it's great because it, it pretty much from start to finish, you'll, you know, open a business, a successful business so that you can thrive and be successful. But like I said, if you're already open and you're having some type of trouble and need some direction, the book is great for you. And then again, somebody that's seasoned um, that has been in business and just kind of in a uh, standpoint or, you know, just needing a little push to to, you know, maybe um, to set yourself aside and, and be an expert in whatever field that you're in. Now, of course, my book is targeted to wellness providers because that's what I do. But, you know, you have to look at when you're um, developing a business or opening a business, it is all the same. So you have to determine uh, first your core values. We talk about that first. But then you also have to determine your business entity. And that doesn't matter what business you're in. You have to determine you want to be a sole proprietor a LLC, a corporation, partnership. We talks about that. Talk about the pros and cons of each one of those to determine which one is right for you. Um, it talks about finding an accountant. 
Um, the questions to ask them, you actually interview them, not just, you know, them asking you questions, but, you know, you need to figure out if this person, he or she or this company is right for you, finding the right uh, bank. Um, again, questioning them. Have you had anybody, you know, in my field as a client? Do you know, you know, what I do? Um, if I take a check, will my check be deposited today? Will it take two days? You know, is it a fee for for this or for that? You just ask those questions. Like I said, you go and interview them to see if this particular bank or credit union um it's right for you. Um, another one big thing that I talk about is cost per service. A lot of people are in business and they're wondering why they are struggling to pay themselves or they can't pay themselves or why the next person is doing this, this, and this, and I can't seem to do that. Although you should follow your own lane and not necessarily watch somebody else. But, you know, a lot of people do that. They say, oh, well, this person is doing this and this. I want to do it too, you know, but because if you don't know your cost per service, you can't do certain things. And the biggest thing is, is paying yourself. You know, if you do have a business um, and you're not paying yourself and you can't pay your bills, you not you don't necessarily have a business. It's more of a maybe a hobby versus having a business. So those are some of the things that are um, in the books that, that I really like to make, you know, a point about. Um, especially for people that are looking to become an entrepreneur or, like I said, maybe been in business one or two years or even being a veteran in the business, making sure, you know, some of those things you have in place. Like I said, setting up your business as a, a business, um, making sure you have your EIN number, making sure your business is separate from your personal account and have a business account. Um, so those are some of the things, but it's it's literally from A to Z. Um, that are in my that's in my book. That's great. I love that it's a workbook because a lot of times we get books just to read, but we never apply the tools, right. techniques, and strategies that are wrapped within that. So I love that there's a, that has the workbook aspect on it, so that as we're gaining these tools, techniques, and strategies, we also can put a plan to paper and begin to see those things unfold in our life. You said something. You said something. You said something. You were talking about uh, doors, but you said something that I've heard very few people say. You said making your own doors, making your own doors. Many times we get stuck on doors being closed in our face. Many times we get stuck on waiting for the door to open. Let's talk from the space of making your own door, whether as an entrepreneur or in any aspect of your life. Why is that an important concept to you? For me, because I can say there wasn't a lot of people who looked like me. Actually, there wasn't. I knew of one person when I first got out of massage school and, um, but I, I felt like she didn't do a lot. I felt like she was at the point of, you know, I'm looking maybe for a transition out of this. But for me, it was because I didn't see anybody who looked like me. I got so much flack um, because I chose to do this. People would meet me and they was like, oh, you do this for a living or you rub on people for a living or you decide to do this. Oh, OK. They're just question and, you know, just looking kind of funny. But, you know, in my mind, 
hey, this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to do. But for me, I wanted to learn everything I could. And not only that, I wanted to get to the point where I am now, 10 years later. Now I can be that person who looks like the other person who wants to strive to become maybe an educator, maybe become a school owner and just do things that we see a lot of our counterparts do that doesn't look like us, um, but be more um, included. Um, So now for me, you know, all of the education, all the travel, you know, I've traveled around the world, around the States. I have trained in Thailand um, twice now, 2016 and 2018. And a lot of things that I have done, a lot of people now um, are looking at, you know, wow, he's done this, this, and this. I would love to do that, but that's because they've seen somebody who looks like them, and now they know, you know, it gives them motivation because I was able to do it. And so for me, you know, opening those doors or or maybe, you know, going behind somebody else that has opened the door, um, but, you know, maybe for my generation or, or the people, you know, that I have um, contact with or just follow me or, you know, that are in my realm as far as my circle, um, for me, you know, it's very important, you know, that I know that people are watching me. And so I have to be careful, you know, about the things that I do and things that I say. So I always try to be that positive, that light for others to see so that they know that they can do it. You know, that's always been, that's the whole reason I got into this industry because I just love helping others. And so if I can do something um, to help somebody else to be a better person, um, to show them that, hey, you know, I can do it too. Um, I don't want to, you know, just do everything you did, but, you know, make it their own. You know, I just, you know, love being a part of that and just show, like I said, showing others that they can do it as well. Absolutely. Representation is so important. And I think we've seen that even in this year's election, having the first female vice president be a black woman. You know, yes. and, and that representation can cause a paradigm shift in a yeah. lot of young ladies and young men as well. So I definitely yeah. understand exactly what you are saying, because it's something about seeing somebody accomplish something that you may be interested in that mm-hmm. looks like you. So it's yes. great, too, to have that, to be willing to be a trailblazer to go into those mm-hmm. territories. It takes that. I told you, I told you when we got on and I asked you that question, I told yeah. you that it was going <laughs> to be a space in the conversation where you would display that supernatural strength. It takes supernatural strength to be able to flow in a system or flow in a space that technically was not created with you in mind. It yes. takes that supernatural strength to be that one, to be that example. So I told you I was going to be able to fit it in the conversation, and I was <laughs> able to fit it in the conversation. Now I have one more question for you, okay? Okay. You've given us a lot throughout this conversation. If everyone was to forget everything that you've said, what would be one thing that you would want them to remember from this conversation? 
be yourself. Follow your dreams, follow your aspirations. No matter what anybody says, no matter what it looks like, no matter how you may feel, how long it may feel like it'll take you to get it done. If this is what's in your heart to do, do it. No matter what anybody says, do it. You have, you have to follow your dream. You have to follow your heart. You have to follow your calling. Um, even if nobody else sees your vision, you see the vision because he gave it to you. He didn't give it to anybody else. He gave it to you. So if anything else, follow your dreams, follow your heart, follow the vision that was given to you. Awesome, awesome. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give everybody your social media handles, website, where they can order your book, all of that information. I want you to give that to the audience. You can follow me on Instagram at I am underscore Terrence Bonner. My website is thebonnerinstitute.com. My book is available on my website. I can send a uh, signed copy from my website, or you can purchase it from Amazon or Barnes & Noble. All right, Terrence, I want to thank you again for being with us on tonight. Listening audience, I thank you. Now, listening audience, you already know what I want you to do. I want you to head over to his website, purchase the book. You know how I feel about those I bring on the platform. If I bring them on here, I want us to support them. So get over there, grab your copy of the book, begin to go through the plan within the book and begin to watch the transformative power begin to take place in your life. As I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Fit for sport, fit for life. Numa Wellness and Spa offers mobile massage services. Gordon Walker Jr. specializes in deep tissue and sports massages. Massages range from 60 to 90 minutes. Numa's hours of operations are Monday through Friday, 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Happy hours are between 1.30 p.m and 5.30 p.m., Monday through Friday. During this time, clients receive massages at a discounted rate. Gordon also specializes in paraffin treatment, ear candling, mobile first aid, CPR, and AED classes, as well as mobile notary services. Coming soon, Zumba and yoga classes. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit www dot numa wellness spa.com or email them at newmade7816 at gmail.com newmade is spelled p-n-e-u-m-a-d-e or you can call them at 302-990-8907